1: Good evening ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday night, it's just, oh well, it's just 6.02 and it's another edition of Auntie Nanny and with me this week is my most favorite co-host, my partner in crime, my pal, the lovely and vivacious Miss Jeannie Kay.
2: How are you this evening, <laughs> Jeannie? <laughs> I am feeling absolutely wonderful. That sarcasm, I hear. Uh, well, actually, no. <laughs> really? A- after your after what you did to your hand? Um, well, that, actually, <laughs> that's why I am feeling absolutely fucking wonderful. Okay, it hurt bad enough that I took medication. So there's that. Okay, so you're not feeling too bad. I'm feeling enough. wonderful, but my brain's too foggy to you know. <laughs> So oh, it, it's all good. It's it's all good. <laughs> so it really is the lovely and vivacious Miss Jeannie
1: Gay. Ladies yes, and gentlemen. Like <laughs> and the best producer money can't buy, which is good cuz you know, it's been over a year I'm still not paying him. Very, how are you this evening, Barry?
0: I'm fine, but I'm not on medication.
1: <sighs> uh, yeah, I'm not on medication either and I was at work today and it was it was a cluster. So, you know.
0: Yeah, but I mean, look look at the extent that Jeannie goes to just to do you know, Halloween blood drip drip tips <laughs> for people. <I> mean.
1: <laughs> zombie zombie drip tips. <laughs> yeah, there's that. No. So, um, did, I was going to say, did anybody, well, I'm sure some people heard Jeannie's show on Thursday. So, I was, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. I was pretty proud of that. We did, yeah, I was pretty proud of that, um Alex and i and and Luke were on talking about h r twenty fifty eight and the plans for the vaping blackout day, which is pretty cool stuff. Uh, I did stick a video in the chat earlier, so if you wanted to you know get some details on it and you didn't catch Miss Jeannie's show, which is up now on SoundCloud uh, I believe it got uploaded last evening. So uh, it's there if you want to catch it. And like I said, there's a video in the chat. So you might want to take a look at that if you're
2: at all interested.
1: Okay. Um, So, God, where to begin?
2: The fucking blimp. (laughs)
1: Okay, so uh, Miss Lovely and Vivacious uh, wants to talk about the Raytheon blimps. (laughs) So we're going to. In what may be the most bizarre and public crash of a multi-million dollar Pentagon boondoggle ever, a surveillance blimp flying over an army base in Maryland, broke loose Wednesday afternoon, its 6,000 foot long tether wreaking havoc on the countryside before it finally came down in pieces in Pennsylvania. The giant airship, you know, I I used to really, I was really into steampunk, so it kind of kills me that they're calling it an airship. The giant airship, 80 yards long and about the size of three Goodyear blimps, was one of a pair that represented the last gasp of an 18-year, $2.7 billion program called JLENS, or Joint Land Attack Cruise Missile Defense Elevated Nettled Sensor System. For fuck's sake, with a name like that, it was probably meant to fail. There were once supposed to be 36 of them their High resolution 360 degree radar coverage up to 340 miles in any direction, protecting the nation from cruise missiles. But cost I inflated, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm only telling you what Lee Fang and Don Frumkin said. <clears throat> but cost inflated, doubts about their utility mounted, and the program was scaled back and almost killed. Of course. When you've got a military industrial complex program, it's really hard to kill those. And believe me, people had tried to kill this thing for years. It just wouldn't die. Um, <clears throat> blimps, it turns out, have had mixed success in purely military terms. When equipped with cameras, they are highly effective at conducting surveillance. But the Army promised there were no cameras on the J Lens blimps.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they lie. <laughs> I know, right? It's awesome. Um, what blimps are best at is having a psychological effect, making people feel like they're being watched. I don't know why you'd feel that way. It's just something hovering silently overhead. What's creepy and weird about that? Filmmaker Kristen Johnson's short documentary, The Above, which is pretty good. It's actually on The Intercept if, if you want to like click over and see it. Um, touches on that phenomena. The film, made for the Intercept's Field Division project, mostly shows U.S. military surveillance balloons floating on a tether high above Kabul, Afghanistan. But it ends with shots of the J-Lens. Finally, the Army agreed to launch two of them for a three-year test. They were hovering at a height of 10,000 feet, just off Interstate 95, about 45 miles southeast Washington, northeast, sorry, of Washington, D.C., and about 20 miles from Baltimore. In theory, they could track moving objects from North Carolina to Boston or an area the size of Texas. With only two in the air, they effectively cost about $1.4 billion each. The a fucking blimp. A lot, even by advanced weapon standards. While well, the blimps became perhaps the Pentagon's most visible white elephant, their manufacturer, Raytheon Company, still hoped to make at least some money off of them. The huge defense contractors' endgame, at least until Wednesday, seemed to be trying to sell them abroad. In a video interview with Shepard Media just two weeks ago, Douglas Burgess, Director of Persistent Surveillance Programs at Raytheon, discussed the JLens program. There's a lot of interest internationally, particularly now that we're up and flying, he said. I can't talk specifics about who, but there's certainly a lot of interest internationally. As for his next step, for us, it's to get the A+, I call it, on the scorecard from NORAD. I somehow think that's not going to happen. About its operational utility here on the East Coast. So that's really our near-term focus. But that A+, has now most likely turned into something closer to an F. And again, Jay Lenz cheated death before. After A.J. Len's blimp was destroyed in a storm in September 2010, Army officials raised doubts about the program, attempting to scale it back. This set in motion an aggressive effort by Raytheon to win over support from Capitol Hill and the Pentagon, which, of course, can always be bought with money. Raytheon retained the lobbying services of former Senators John Brex, uh, Democrat of Louisiana, and Trent Lott, Republican of Mississippi, through the firm now known as Squire Paddington Boggs, to press lawmakers on the urgency of the program. TCOM, a subcontractor for the project, also bought on lobbyists to boost the blimp, according to American Defense International, a D.C. consulting firm. The company's officials argued that the J-Lens could be used not just in combat, but also in American cities and towns as a surveillance tool for tracking small planes and other domestic threats, according to an investigation by the Los Angeles Times. Raytheon, which sponsors regular advertisements on the Beltway metro system and is a prominent sponsor of think tanks across the city, launched a series of promotional videos. The savior of the J. Lens program, according to the Times, was the Marines Corps General James E. Haas Cartwright, then vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Cartwright argued with the ranks of the military that the blimp had broad use, despite claims that blimps would not be of much use against the types of crude weapons such as IEDs used against troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. Cartwright, after securing support for the blimp, joined Raytheon's board. Huh. A position that has paid him 820... 820- oh, holy shit. Wow. He made a hell of a lot of money in cash and stock. 82,200. Wow. I just, the number boggles my mind.
2: 828,000 $828, dollars in cash I, and stock. But both. Yeah. I, I uh, for
1: sitting on the board. Really? I sit on Kassah's board. I didn't even get a t shirt. <clears throat> Among the promotional material Raytheon prepared for Jalen's was a fact. One of the questions was can the tether break? Raytheon's answer, the chances of that happening is very small because the tether is made of Vecatron. I'm sorry, Vecatran, and has withstood storms in excess of 100 knots. However, in the unlikely event, it does happen, there are a number of procedures and systems in place which are designed to bring the aerostat down in a safe manner. So, much like the myth of vibranium, that also isn't
2: true. So, what they're saying is that you know, if it broke loose and was dragging this tether behind it that it wouldn't take out a greater portion of the power grid in, say, Pennsylvania? <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: I'm just wondering. It, their
2: safety procedures, I mean, I did, I wonder if they had it written down that if in case this breaks we're going to have two fighter jets on standby to escort it as it wipes out all kinds of shit dragging the tether?
3: Yeah, I, I also want part. to know
0: what what. Right, so they said what the tether's made out of, and yet Vectron very strong material. Uh, and unfortunately, it has to be attached uh, to things, and that's probably what broke. Hence why it was dragging the cable. Um, and and two, what do they actually make the, the the rest of it out of? Some sort of meringue, because it just seems to like fall a bits. <laughs> Because one got destroyed in a storm and another one, this one fell a bits and crashed. Not very exactly well made are they for the amount of money?
3: Yeah.
1: No. Billion.
0: And, and 1. yes, 1. Uh, the Marine Corps piece. General. Uh, yeah. They, they need to be taking him out back and beating him with sticks somewhere. Uh,
1: I think they should just attach him with one of those cords to the last blimp that's left in Seeing if the tether holds.
0: No, no, just super glue him to it. That would be underneath.
2: Hey, now, super glue has been my friend lately. Oh, yeah, nothing will close up a
1: wound faster than super glue. Hurts like a mother, but it it works really well.
2: Peroxide, here, let me tell you this. Peroxide is evil. Um, Peroxide (laughs) may go on nice and easy, but it will cause you hours of, of bleeding afterwards. Um, well, but that's because
1: it it destroys tissue. I mean, yeah. you know that, right? It, oh, it's also
2: killing healthy tissue there. It's really
1: know. not a good thing to use.
2: Yeah, you super glue something and you cuss the air blue for about sixty seconds, and it really—that's really all it is. Not that I was timing it or anything, but you cuss <laughs> the Yeah, because it, it stings and gets warm. Long. Super glue, and, and you're yeah. done. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah, no, it is done.
0: Yeah, and well, it does work really well. I was well. doing a radio show in the UK and some guy cut his finger while he was listening. And, and I did the first aid over the airwaves. <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, put pressure on it. About a minute later, is it still bleeding? Yes. Do you have super glue? Yes. Put some of that on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it in place. Right, does it stop bleeding? Yes. Good. Go to the hospital <laughs> tomorrow, get some stitches. Actually,
1: you probably don't need stitches. Probably not. You you go to the um, emergency department here, because that's technically what it is. It's not the emergency room anymore. It's the emergency department. Um, When you go to them now, that's what they do. It doesn't matter what's wrong. Anything you would normally get stitches for above your eye or on your hand, arm, leg, there they are with the superglow. I mean the super glue they have has a disinfectant in it as well, yeah. but it's basic superglue. I because I know I've put that shit on myself at work when I've cut myself. It yeah. works really well.
0: Yeah, as I say, it stings and gets a bit warm, but other than that, fine.
3: It, but you, yeah, you, I, it I wouldn't
0: sp- use I wouldn't use peroxide for disinfectant. I'd use oh. I I have bottles of IPA ninety nine point nine percent. It it would sting like a bitch though.
1: Why don't you just light it on fire? It might hurt less.
0: Um, but yeah, when I was growing up, it was always iodine, and my dad didn't believe in oh. diluting it. Oh,
2: yeah, my grandmother was with the white iodine. Yeah. yeah, this is the white kind. It doesn't hurt. Yes, it does. My <laughs> mother lied. Lied. That shit hurts. White it just side. doesn't. It doesn't stain as bad.
3: Hurt. Yeah.
2: All yeah. four foot nine of my grandmother, you know, little itty bitty. Lady with this white, white, white blonde hair and and this angel's face, fucking lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they do that.
1: Grandparents do that. Um. Oh, which NSA story do I want to do first? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could go on to the snoopers' charter because I did ask a question about the lovely, the lovely. And wonderful Theresa May at the bottom. I don't know if you noticed. It's the very last story. Um, Okay. Divorce lawyer who thought he could beat the NSA in court couldn't. Guess why? Just like many cases before him, Elliot Schuhart could not prove standing. Okay. Um, This man's name is Elliot Schuhart. Um, The federal government says that he can't prove he was harmed, standing to challenge government spying. Unsurprisingly, the Pennsylvania lawyer who tried to single-handedly challenge the Obama administration's surveillance infrastructure has had his case dismissed. Like similar cases, it was tossed for lack of standing. When Elliot Schuethart talked tough, the U.S. District Attorney, Kathy Kathy Bassoon, really? Her name's Bassoon? Sounds like something from the Brides of Mars. <clears throat> Found that he could not prove that he himself had been surveilled by the federal government, according to her 11-page opinion handed down in late September 2015. Just a few weeks ago, the divorce lawyer appealed the decision to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. It's a tough case to win, but it's going to be won, either in this venue or somewhere else, he told Ars Technica. Previously in a declaration submitted to the court, Major General Greg C. Potter, the military deputy director for signals intelligence at the National Security Agency, wrote that although there has been speculation that the NSA, under bulk telephony metadata program, acquires metadata relating to all calls to or from within the United States, that is not the case, because you can believe that. Not enough facts to plausibly establish that the NSA is using upstream surveillance. They would never do that, Just never.
3: <clears throat>
1: this opinion in Schubert versus Obama echoes a long line of similar cases, including a very recent one from Maryland federal court that rely on 2013 Supreme Court decision in the case of Clapper versus Amnesty International. In short, you can't sue the federal government for legal surveillance if you can't convincingly prove that you were targeted. Judge Bassoon found that Schudart did not have the same legal weight as other similar cases, including Juul v. NSA, which is still pending in the Northern District of California, and ACLU v. Clapper, which the ACLU won in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals earlier this year. The National Security Agency has proven victorious in a decent portion of Juul, The plaintiff, too, was found to lack standing with respect to upstream Internet surveillance, but that case as a whole persists. As Judge Bassoon wrote, unlike in Joule and ACLU, Schuethart has either identified no facts from which the court reasonably might infer that his own communications have been targeted, seized, or stored. As to his pleadings, so much as admit... He is indistinguishable from every other American subscribing to the services of a major telephone and or internet service provider. Schudart's only discernible distinction is his heightened personal interest in the subject. And while his civic-mindedness may be laudable in other contexts, it is insufficient to confer standing.
0: I would characterize it as Schudart was an idiot. Well... If he actually had really good evidence... He's a private individual. He would have disappeared because mm. he's not a millionaire, high-profile person. He's not a big entity. It'd have never not, made, it? It'd have made it to court, and he wouldn't have shown up.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: that, that's how governments work. You know, if, if you're not high-profile or rich,
2: yep. Yeah, but he's a lawyer, so he away. knows that you know you can win on made-up shit. Because yeah, he's a lawyer,
0: hmm.
2: not with NSA. And
1: I hate to I hate to keep harping on the C. If you guys haven't seen Citizen Four, you really need to see it, because there's actually a lot of Jewel V. NSA in that. And it's quite interesting to watch as the judges are trying to prove to themselves that they still have some say over what happens to American citizens in this country, while they're while the government's lawyers in their cute little bow ties with their squeaky clean little faces get up and, and try to placate the courts. It's, it really is something to see.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a show. It isn't court. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, all of it's pretty much a show. You see the court. footage
0: and you keep expecting one of the little lawyers to break out in a dance number or something.
1: You know what? I think they should bring Muppets in with them. Jesus, at least make it entertaining for yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, indiv-
0: an individual lawyer trying to bring a case like that—it was just a joke in the first place. Uh, well,
1: it's it's really not going to happen. Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess I got to admire his. God, he looks stupid. Um, I guess I got to admire his um tenacity. I would never, I would never try to take the government to court. Um, because you can't beat s- city hall. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't do it. The way unless, unless government you have ironclad
0: evidence, you're stupid to even attempt it.
1: Well, I mean, you know, and you And he can, just had
0: hearsay. So Right, but yeah. I
1: mean you can win hearts and minds. I mean, and that's yeah. that's the only thing you can do. We talk about the NSA every week because I want people to understand how much their privacy is being violated on a regular freaking basis. We talk about the undersea cables. We talk about uh, GCHQ. We talk about the Smurf programs. We talk about all this stuff. So people understand just because you don't hear about Ed Snowden in the news anymore doesn't mean this stuff has gone away. It hasn't gone away. It hasn't been resolved. It's actually worse than you think. And at some point you know we're going to be able to have a discussion about this as rational human beings and not have to have the dick pic talk like yeah. john you know what's his face from last week tonight had to have last year you remember to
3: mm-hmm.
1: try to explain to people how bad this stuff was at some point a light bulb's going to go off above people's heads and they're going to go i didn't understand then i'm just going to keep I'm just going to beat this horse until it's nothing but bones. Because it is something to talk about. It it really is something you should think about. Um, Whether programs like this should be happening without us having any reasonable discourse about it, let alone being able to vote about it or talk about it without sounding crazy. So, there's that. Um, And here's, here's... you know what, I think I'm going to take a break from the NSA story and we'll talk about the uh, the drone one.
2: Because <laughs> it's so
1: much different. It is kind of different. Judge dismisses charges against man who shot down a drone for snooping on his daughter. It's kind of different. Right? It's kind of yeah. different than taking the NSA to court. Kind of different.
2: Well, and this worked out really well, so that made me quite happy. Sort of well. My God, God,
1: something on my show made you happy. (laughs) All right, I'm doing something right then.
2: There was a little bit of a downside to this one, but not much. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it was a win.
1: (laughs) True. A Kentucky judge ruled earlier this week that a man who shot down a drone flying over his property was acting within his rights. William Meredith of Hillview, Kentucky, insisted the drone was spying on his 16-year-old daughter who was sunbathing in the backyard. Judge Rebecca Ward of the Billet District Court evidently agreed that Meredith had cause to fire at the UAV because she dismissed charges of wanton endangerment and criminal mischief filed by the drone's owner, David Boggs. Boggs claimed that he was using the drone to take pictures of another house close to Meredith's. His $1,800 drone crashed into a nearby field after Meredith's shots hit it. Well, I came out and it was down by the neighbor's house, about 10 feet off the ground, Looking under their canopy that they've got in this backyard, I went and got my shotgun and said, I'm not going to do anything unless it's directly over my property, Meredith told local news station WDRB. Within a minute or so, here it came. It was hovering over the top of my property, and I shot it out of the sky. A central question in the case was the height at which Boggs drone was hovering above Meredith's residence. Boggs offered flight data from the drone, showing that it had flown nearly 200 feet above Meredith's property. You will see now that we did not go below this altitude. We even went higher, nor did we hover over the house to look in, Boggs told WDRB, and for sure didn't descend down no 10 feet or look at someone's canopy or at someone's daughter. In her decision, Judge Wartz noted that multiple witnesses claimed to have seen the drone flying below the tree line. That, she said, indicated that Boggs' drone use had been an invasion of Meredith's privacy. While there's no law against shooting drones out of the sky, the Federal Aviation Administration would prefer it if people didn't do so. Right now, they would just prefer you didn't do so. So if that's going to happen, do it while it's like their preferred thing, not the legal thing, I guess. Uh, Shooting at aircraft poses a significant safety hazard, an official told CNET. An unmanned aircraft hit by gunfire could crash, causing damage to persons or property on the ground, or it could collide with other objects in the air. The Kentucky incident isn't the first high-profile drone shoot-down case. A New Jersey man was arrested last year for ridding his neighbor, riddling his neighbor's drone with holes. Drone laws vary considerably from state to state. A few days before the ruling in Kentucky case, Representative Diane St. Ungry, Introduced a bill to make drone harassment a misdemeanor in the state. Drone
2: oh, wait, drone, so, yeah. is drone harassment, harassment? You or, being harassed by a drone and you're allowed to shoot it, or is drone, drone harassment harassing
1: you, or is it going out in the backyard and whistling at the drone, hey, you sexy thing? You know, I don't know. Um, and maybe it's not harassment if the drone's wearing a short skirt and heels. I don't know. Sorry.
2: I I still like the way Rand Paul looks at it. You fly that shit over my property, (laughs) I'm going to shoot it.
1: Well, you know, um,
2: he he did actually say
1: that uh, Senator Rand Paul, a 2016 presidential candidate, also joined the fray telling CNN that anyone who flies a drone over his home better beware because I've got a shotgun and it's okay to shoot those in the air because the vice president says to Federal law is unclear on the rights of property owners versus drone operators because there is no set altitude at which personal property gives way to the commons of the air. The last time the U.S. Supreme Court directly addressed the question was in the 1948 case, United States versus Cosby, C-A-U-S-B-Y, not C-O-S-B-Y, the pudding, um, in which the court found that a North Carolina farmer had no legal right to stop airplanes from a nearby airport from flying over his house and scaring his chickens planes, the court ruled, were flying high enough over his property that he couldn't claim dominion over activity in that airspace. If you'd rather avoid pulling out your Beretta when you hear a buzzing overhead, who's going to use a Beretta to shoot at a drone? Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I use my Beretta for that. I might. I, mm, no, I think my AR-15 is probably more <laughs> appropriate for that function. Uh, I Beretta.
2: A lot.
0: I makes yeah. some rather nice shotguns, actually.
1: Well, I understand that. I'm just saying, it's, you know, personal preference. That's uh-huh. mine.
2: Um, so I have a question. So, what happens if you shoot a net gun at this fucker? Oh, I don't know, <laughs> but I bet it'd be fun to find out. Yeah, yeah it would. Would anybody want to buy a drone? <laughs> uh, there's <laughs> two, two things about. I'll go buy a net gun, and we'll find <laughs> out what happens.
0: There's two things about this story that stand out for me. One, I think it's hilarious that it was in the Bullet District Court. Uh, And two, the guy flying it claimed it was at 200 feet, but it got hit by a shotgun. Yeah, it wasn't at 200 feet. (laughs) Otherwise, it wouldn't have got hit by a shotgun.
1: That is also very true. Unless it was a very
0: specific shotgun using solid slug rounds, Um, which is a bit worrying, but unlikely. (laughs)
2: I do think that they are going to have to find um, a ruling on airspace Yeah, over private property. They they really are. They're going to have to come up with something. Well, in because, the UK, you, you know, can't
0: fly they, drones over populated areas at all. There's regulations about it already.
1: They came not in ages so much ago. here.
0: Yeah. So they'd already thought of it over here even before drones got common. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, but you guys have a lot of rules, and we'll talk a little bit about the Supers Charter in just a Mm, little bit. See, if you'd rather... See, this is what they say. If you'd rather avoid pulling out your Beretta when you hear a buzzing overhead, you could just sign up for No Fly Zone, a free service that works with drone manufacturers to register airspace where their drones cannot fly.
0: Or, or, if you're more sadistic... Uh, you, <laughs> you have a, a capture device which locks onto the frequency the drone's using and you take control of it and fly it off somewhere else
2: <laughs> well uh, freaking awesome <laughs> that, would,
1: that would actually be really funny it so, has happened
0: it, people have had um, there, you know there's been uh, errors with the frequencies a drone's using and somebody else's control unit has taken over somebody else's drone that's usually well, an error, but it can be done deliberately.
1: Well, yeah, but we can't really tell you how.
0: <laughs> I am sure <laughs> there really may be... We can't really tell you how. There may be... There may be <laughs> oh, I can't say for sure, but I'm fairly sure there's this thing called the internet. And,
1: yeah, yeah, I think there's something called... Well, you probably don't want to use Google, but there's probably something called like DuckDuckGo where you could look up instructions if you wanted yeah. to. I'm not <laughs> advising you to... But I'm just saying, you know, it exists. Um, we could talk about... Well, we can do that, I guess, after Alex, because well, we talk about IMSI catchers, a.k.a., you know, Stingrays. That's always good for some cheery music. So I did want to talk about the Snoopers Charter before we brought Alex on, and I figured it's probably a really good idea to do that now. Um... Teresa May. Very.
0: Bitch. Yeah.
1: She is a bitch.
0: Evil queen. Mm.
1: She is something so horrible. I can't believe no one has. Well. Yeah, actually, I can. You've got gun control over there.
0: Yeah. Out of the current government, she is probably one of the more horrific.
1: Well, I mean, she looks like. She's only a facelift or two away from being a monster. The
0: current British government, she's considered right wing. Good That's God. how bad she is. Yeah,
1: Jesus. she's more right
0: wing than the rest of them.
1: Right wing,
0: mm. <laughs> like
1: Hitler. Right wing, like Hitler.
0: Possibly <laughs> I further. I I couldn't possibly say.
1: Uh. Well, it's kind of <laughs> like she's gone all the. She's gone so far to the right that she swung back around and met herself somewhere.
0: Quite possible, but she's like the villain from what like a James Bond movie. It's quite you know.
1: No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die.
0: God, I'm sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> so we'll talk about Theresa May first, and then we'll talk about the the other things they want to do with the Snoopers Charter. But first, uh, um, I'll read the story, and then I'll ask very question, and uh, we'll get some reaction on my question. And um, then we'll go back and read the second story. So you can see how more, much more horrific this actually is. Snooper's charter, Theresa May, claims new bill tackles tech-savvy pedophiles in home office backtrack. Theresa May and pedophiles. Where have I seen that story before? <laughs> home Secretary Theresa May has claimed in the new investigatory powers bill. Okay, this is the UK, guys which gives extra rights to police and security forces, will not look at browser history, because you can trust the government, and is aimed at tackling digital criminals. Those damn ones and zeros when they're acting up. As the criminals move into the digital age, so do those who are searching out those criminals and are assuming we can stop them and disrupt them, May said on the Andrew Marr show on Sunday, the 1st of November. May, who has backtracked on the controversial bill, said that the Home Office is now only planning to give the police the power to see the Internet connection records rather than the exact browser history. The Home Office and the Conservative government faced backlash over the bill, which would be laid out in front of Parliament this week. It is precisely this area of catching pedophiles and dealing with child abuse. It's precisely one of the reasons we want to look at these Internet connection records, May said. If there are more intrusive requirements, then of course warrants are required for those, and part of the bill is about making sure that we have oversight arrangements in place for all of these powers. Part of the debate around the investigatory powers bill deals with the signing of these warrants. According to May, more than search warrant requests more search warrant requests come in each year, and they are signed by the Tory secretary herself. It has been reported that the government has rejected calls to move that responsibility to senior judges. The climb down on the controversial bill has met up with some skepticism. The director of civil rights group Liberty, Shamai Chakbarti, I know I butchered your name. I'm so sorry. Told the Observer that the climb down was a prime example of the clever tactics from May. It's a traditional Home Office stance to first ask the most for the most outrageous even impractical powers so that the smallest call for concessions seem more reasonable the frantic spinning distracts from the sleight of hand whereas the judicial sign off before our private communications can be collected hacked and tapped where is the move back to targeted surveillance and away from the blanket collection of our private data the bill still has to pass through parliament and some say that the house of lords shortly following their rejection of the tax credit proposal could give May a hard time over the Snoopers proposal bill as well. Here is my question to you. Two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Theresa May stands up in front of Parliament. What does she say about abusing the human rights of sexual predators?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, she she's not a pleasant person, is she?
1: She's not a pleasant person, but she said that to deny a pedophile the right to adopt a child was cruel and unusual punishment because they very rarely went back and what did she say? Fell into recidivism and um it violated their human rights. And now she wants to catch them.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, and this bill, you, you'll be pleased to announce, does have a section in it which means MPs are exempt.
1: That's bullshit. I'm sorry. There shouldn't be one rule for them, one rule for me.
0: Well, yeah, it's uh, it, its in the press over here because there's currently a very large paedophilia investigation going on involving politicians <sighs> from the 70s. Yeah, and now well, they're bringing out this bill and excluding it's BBC, MPs.
1: It's a whole bunch of really yeah high profile people.
0: Yeah. It was fine <laughs> when it was only TV celebrities, but now that it's rich, important people and politicians, yeah. Oh, no, it's not right. So, uh, yes, this bill. And
2: Don't put 12 meg in your Triton by accident. <laughs> okay. Wow.
0: But, yes. Um, the Snoopers Charter is insane in the first place. As Ms. Chagrabati says. Well, um,
1: yes, it's insane, and so is Theresa May. And yeah. how does someone who stands up for the human rights of pedophiles and well, wants the, them to still is, be able to adopt a children woman who, still have a fucking job?
0: This is a is woman who spoke to the, basically the police union. They invited her to speak. And she basically told them, all oh, we want to see more bobbies on the beat, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then went, and, by the way, we're, I'm cutting your money.
1: Uh, oh, so, well, I figured she said, uh, we're going to fire you all, come here and line up so I can tase you for fun. She just seems like a
2: sadistic bitch. Oh,
3: yeah. I well, mean, and f- I don't know what of- the
2: laws are like over there, okay, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, uh, a Synopsis of a real life event. Um, so, yeah, there's this kid, and this this sixteen year old kid starts his boyfriend and girlfriend with this thirteen year old girl. This is different, but go ahead. I know, but and his mother did not agree with this. Her parents thought it was just fine. So then he is 17 and she is 14. Well then he is 18 and she is 15. And at which time they end up breaking up. Well, this ends up in court. Mind you. What? Oh yes, this ends up in court. Um, the, the the girl and her her parents were not Pleased with the fact that this boy broke up with her, <laughs> and and um, he was charged with um, several child molestation charges um, because he admitted that yes, they had they had been having sex for a year and a half, right? And this eighteen-year-old kid went to jail. Okay. Okay. This this kid goes to jail, Jan, and he sits six months in jail. And then and, he has to
1: register as a registered and, sex offender. Yes,
2: and this and this happened in New York State. Okay? But this happens a lot. I mean yeah. that's the kind of law that needs to be changed. Yeah. So then so then they moved now mind you, by the way, they're married now. Okay. <laughs> and have two children. Yeah. Right. They're 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 in their twenties and married and have two children. And they move, moving into the state of Pennsylvania. And as they're moving, now mind you, they don't even have all of their belongings in their residence. And the Pennsylvania State Police go pick him up and take him to jail for failing to register. You know, he hasn't even moved there yet. But the the judge in the state of Pennsylvania thought that he had done such a horrific thing to the woman he's married to and has two children with that he has to register for life.
1: You know, that's the kind of shit that needs changing. Okay. When, very can you talk a little bit about the sex scandal? I mean, you can't even call it a sex scandal can you talk a little bit about the pedophilia problem that your politicians have getting fiddly with little children
0: god don't know where to start just,
1: uh, just pick somewhere and go with it
0: um, many 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 cases are coming to light uh, so many that the police are having to set up specific um, investigations for them of many high-profile, rich, and, as you say, MPs, in the past have had uh, nice little uh, groups, shall we say, organised to groom and used and abuse children. Um, yeah. Some of it has been very public. Uh, Jimmy Savile, a mm. popular children's entertainer, was the most notable one so far. But the investigation has moved on to... Parliament um and suddenly it's got all it's all trying to be hushed up. lots of the media isn't even talking about it, um no. as you say, the new snoopers charter they're specifically putting in loopholes so that MPs won't get investigated, or it'll be illegal to investigate them,
1: yeah, so
0: that's how bad it is, yeah. but most of it dates back to the sixties and seventies. Um, well, it
1: doesn't matter what it dates back to. Yeah. I mean, this is a woman who says that the age of consent should be, what, like 12, 14? Yeah. At uh, 14, I'm iffy about, but it depends on the person, okay? 12, I'm absolutely fucking horrified at. Yeah. Who's ready for that at 12? And, you know, I'm sorry. It just bothers the shit out of me. But, and I but know. Genie's
0: Jeannie's case, yeah, it was kind of. The ones stupid. He it was that was stupid. The second judge is a moron who shouldn't be allowed to be a judge. <laughs> okay, um,
2: the entire thing, as far as I'm concerned, was absolutely fucking ridiculous. Well, I mean,
0: I mean, the first the girl's case, you could the first that case was lying for yeah.
2: him, um, and you know, well, he's spending the night with my son and allowing the kid to sleep with their daughter. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, the first uh, case was borderline, and obviously yeah, if you have a judge that's sticking to the, the letter of the law, yeah he was going to get prosecuted. Well, I mean the second but, judge has no excuse whatsoever.
1: No, but I mean, of course, you know, this is why they've actually written their Romeo and Juliet laws yeah. in some states. To protect people from that, yeah, I mean, that's not over, over something he- you should be on for life.
0: Over here, uh, that happens fairly really frequently. Uh but I haven't heard of anyone going to jail for a, gr- a great length of time unless they've done something as well as just sleeping with the underage yeah, partner. Don't,
2: don't get me wrong. Um I I don't you know, I I have very little sympathy for actual pedophiles. Yeah. Um I mm-hmm. I could come up with a, a bunch of, of punishment for actual <laughs> pedophiles. Um <laughs> Know might involve a tenpenny nail and a hammer and a woodshed in in a spoon and fire. Um, no,
0: no, I I I I, I think, don't think the, the, I think sugar the water and fire kind. Yeah,
2: I don't
1: think you need a spoon. I think a nice. I think you know. I I think we don't use the mace on sex offenders enough.
0: No, I, I, and I'm I, not I,
1: talking about the stuff you spray in people's eyes. I'm talking about the brown ball yeah. on a chain. Yeah, I don't think we use that
2: on sex offenders nearly enough.
0: No, I, I think sugar, water, uh, genitalia, and fire ants is still the best one.
2: But, um, and, you know, and I mean, I don't, don't, people, don't start sending me hate mail, okay? Because I do understand that there are a lot of cases that anybody can look at and go, oh, this wasn't fucking right. Um, Because there are, you know, Um, and sadly anymore, um, it it is becoming very commonplace in this country anyway, that when a woman files for a divorce and there's children involved, that accusations of that Mm -hmm. are the first gun in the arsenal to make sure that the moms get full custody and the fathers pay out the ass. Um, Is that sick and disgusting to me? Yes, it is. It is sick and disgusting to me. Well, it is. That somebody would level those kind of charges against somebody that are obviously not true solely based on, well, I want my kids and I Mm -hmm. want money. Um, You know,
1: and here's the other thing I was going to say. I mean, how many times do we talk about helicopter parenting and how it's harmful to children? It's wrong to raise children in this environment of of, we're going to protect you from everything. But come on, some of this shit is just ridiculous. Um, the pedophile stuff, a lot of it just really is fucking insane. And what's happening in the UK? I mean, didn't they lose a whole bunch of court papers? Yes. And it, then it's much
0: it, like it, any anything involving high profile cases. Yeah, stuff all has of a this, miraculously all of a disappeared. This one,
1: the one MP who's really been going to the wall with it's like, oh, by the way, did I tell you I have copies? Yeah. <laughs> he was smart. Yes. Or stupid. It depends.
0: But yeah, a lot of the people that have been uh, publicly named so far, funnily enough, are ones from the 70s that are already dead. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's hard to do something to dead people, I guess. Yeah. Shame. But, yeah. Um, so that happened. Uh, Theresa May is a bitch and I just think it really I think it takes balls to walk around completely the other side of a subject and talk out the other side of your face.
0: Yeah. I mean, well she does all the time though. So well, mm.
3: yeah.
1: I can tell. Like I said she she's like two operations away from being Frankenstein,
0: so. She um, looks worse, not a nice
1: though. woman. Not somebody we really like.
0: She she looks evil. That's that's the best bit about it.
3: Yeah. You know, she you looks her... like
0: somebody you don't want to be in a room with.
1: Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Um you know how people like Jeffrey Dahmer and stuff like they looked they had that fucking crazy look around the eyes.
2: Yeah. yeah she's old, got that. He lived next door to him said he was the nicest boy she ever met, remember? Oh, yeah I know but I'm just saying I mean these people
1: look inhuman around their eyes Teresa May looks inhuman around her eyes the same kind of way
0: yeah I'm gonna find a full graph over for you know <laughs>
1: and I say this stuff but you've really gotta maybe you have to see her and read about her past antics because I was up in arms when she said that shit in 2008 oh, and I don't know you know what I mean at that point I was not on the internet that much, but even I heard about her saying that, Yeah. and I was just sick about it. it it's just sick. Who in the hell says that?
0: Yeah, it's the, it's the shark eyes that are, uh, yeah, you know the the dead eyes. That's what uh, always stands out about these people.
3: Yeah, you can yeah I'm, kinda just, gonna, just, tell I'm just
0: gonna post a quick photograph. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. There are a lot worse photographs of her. That's just a example from a newspaper.
1: Yeah, I mean, a she fairly doesn't look tame so. One. I'm sure she doesn't look so creepy there. <clears throat> okay.
0: There's one. I, I saw it today on Facebook. Actually, the one. It's the one from when she was addressing the police union. And yeah, she just she looks like a a villain from a sci-fi movie. <laughs> the way she's dressed and everything.
1: She, she kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mister Bond. I expect you to die. Um. I have one that's really quick.
2: Uh, who wants to hear about Sweden? Me, because this was interesting to me. Mm. I didn't understand the whole principle behind negative. Uh, Less than zero? They charge what? you? They yeah, charge you? Like, how, how the fuck can there be negative interest? I don't understand this. <laughs> and so I read it and I'm like, well, that's just fucked up. It's banking. I- it's banking, it's banking, if they really you know if they
1: we would have had inflation pretty good about ten or twelve years ago if they had just left everything well enough alone uh and just let the market recover itself, but you know we can't can't do that. we haven't fucked with the system hard enough yet, uh you know, no one's gonna be homeless and have no money to live on until we really fuck with it. Anyway, uh, people in Sweden are hiding cash in their microwaves as it gets closer to being the first cashless society with negative interest rates. Sweden is shaping up to be the first country to plunge its citizens into a fascinating and terrifying economic experiment. Negative interest rates in a cashless society. The Swedish central bank held its benchmark interest rate at negative 0.35% today, the level it has been at since July. Although retail banks have yet to pass that negative rate onto Swedish consumers, the longer it's held there, the more financial pressure there is for banks to pass the cost onto their customers. That's a problem because Sweden is the closest country on the planet to becoming an all-electronic cashless society. Remember, Sweden is the place where if you use too much cash, banks call the police because they think you might be a terrorist or a criminal. There are links to this stuff. So if anybody wants to see those, I guess I could post them. Uh, Swedish banks have started removing cash ATM machines from rural areas, annoying old people and farmers. Credit Suisse says that the rule of thumb in Scandinavia is if you have to pay in cash, something is wrong. If banks charge customers negative interest rates in a cashless society, those customers are not able to withdraw their money as cash to shield it under their punitive mattresses. Gust customers' only choice in such a scenario is to spend it or let the bank take it. The theory is that by forcing people to spend cash rather than save it, you spur economic growth. Rather than going further into negative territory, a move that carries political risks, the more negative it becomes, the Rish Bank bank chose instead to do another round of quantitative easing, a forced bond-buying program that flushes more central bank cash into the economy. But the pressure for negative interest rates to drive cash out of bank deposits and into the economy is building. Switzerland, for instance, has negative central policy rates that cost its banks about one billion U.S. dollars per year. Those costs haven't yet been passed down to consumers. But how much longer will banks eat that before adding fees and charges to Swiss accounts to defray the cost? Reported at the weekend how central bankers and investment bank analysts are increasingly discussing when this might happen. When this might happen everywhere. So, not really just in Sweden, kind of all over the place. Okay. Um, and that's not good. And yesterday, Italy sold a two year bond at an interest rate of point I'm sorry negative 0.023%, which means investors have to pay to lend Italy money rather than receive interest on their loans. <laughs> Why would you buy a bond? Well if you believe you'll get even worse terms in the future from other creditors, hello Sweden, then suddenly negative 0.23% starts to look pretty good. So the two trends are converging on Sweden at the same time. They're using less and less cash, and it's in a negative interest rate environment. And that means many Swedes have no way to hide their money. So Sweden may become the first country where its citizens may have to accept negative interest rates, probably in the form of higher bank charges or fees, or be forced to spend their money in order to save it from those rates. A resistance is forming, and some people are protesting the impending extinction of cash – Jorn Eriksson, former head of Sweden's National Police, and now the head of, wow, something I can't even spell. A local lobbying group for the security industry told the local, I've heard of people keeping cash in their microwaves because banks won't accept it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sweden's a strange place.
1: Uh, Ever so slightly. Um, but it, yeah it's not that it's their central banks Yeah. it's their central banks it's not it's not the tax haven bullshit it's nope. the central banks and that's a problem so that's the and story about people putting cash in their microwaves
0: and yeah and it- Italy are just taking the piss basically <laughs> uh, yeah one. pretty much as you so. say, saying and, and they're not going to sell many of those bonds until, yeah, something happens to the, the banking system has another little crash. Yeah, those Italian bonds will probably be popular. Until then, <laughs> no.
1: No, you don't. But you get to pay a hell of a lot of money to take out a loan if yeah. your interest rates are negative. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. That's the thing that's always kind of scared me, at least about having, like, fiat cash. Um... You know, all fiat cash dies. Yeah. Right? I mean, what is Nigeria got the $10 billion bank bank notes that you can buy on eBay, and they look really cute on your wall. Uh, It's just something that happens. Either the governments and the central bankers flush all of the actual worthwhile capital out of the money, or it's so overprinted that it's worth nothing. And now they want to force people completely out of cash. If you think of a cashless society, there is no anonymity there. Unless you use Bitcoin. uh, But even then, I mean, the the government knows how to hack the blockchain.
0: And unsurprisingly, the people that will be hit the highest are the poor people.
1: Well, you know, as long as it's a tax on the poor, it's fine.
0: Well, especially... I I know from personal experience, I am on a disability benefit. To deceive this benefit, I have to have a bank account. If they charge negative interest on that bank account, I'm in deep shit.
1: And you know what? Because I
0: can't refuse not to have a bank account. Because if I don't have a bank account, I won't get the money.
1: Beautiful (laughs) system, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's beautiful. And most of Western Europe's the same, so yeah...
1: Well, you know... It's poor people will get
0: hammered, because rich people can just move their money to a nice offshore bank account. Or buy bonds, or, you know...
1: I don't know, the British pound, sterling, still alive? Yeah. It's not really tied to anything, is it? No. Okay. So, it's like I've always said, money is this abstract concept. It's like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny... It's only really real because we believe in it. Um, I suggest people, um, read some books by Adam Smith, human capital, um, is a pretty interesting concept and it follows my thought process pretty closely on there really is no money. There's just you, you are the wealth of nations. Your productivity is the wealth of your nation. Okay. Okay. They're basically stripping away the ability for us to reap any of that benefit back. And it's going into the pockets and hands of rich people who have to do nothing to earn it. So, yeah. Uh, I really do think we need to fix the money. I think that needs to be a big thing. I okay, wish
0: somebody
1: we, we would take fix that the hmm? We need to fix the bankers
0: first. We need to fix the bankers first.
1: Well, um, no. We need to Iceland the bankers first.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that's rather generous. I think we just need to put them all on an island where they can't get off, and yeah. just leave them there. See, see, let let the fittest survive. See how that goes for them.
1: Oh, hey! Can can we make them? Uh, maybe we can play like Banker Hunger Games.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: That might be yeah. fun. We'll just install cameras and throw them all on an island. Yeah. It'll be like Survivor with ugly people.
0: Devil's Island off the coast of South America. That would be a good one. <laughs> French, used to be the French penal colony. Lovely yes, place. I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> actually- I have said for a long time that they need to open Alcatraz back up, um, you know, and, and put all the really dangerous... If everybody's opposed to the death penalty, which mm-hmm. I'm not, but... If everybody's so opposed to the death penalty, they should take these, these people with life sentences and they should put them out on Alcatraz with some cows and some pigs and some sheep and some chickens and whatever and some farm implements. And just, you know, instead of having guards there, they have a, have a couple of boats that just keep going around the island. And you tell somebody, if you get so, in the water any deeper than your knees, we will shoot you on site. Um, but if you, if, if so, you fucks want to live, you will become farmers. So you... The maze runner.
1: My, my answer to the bankers is the Hunger Games and your answer to, to dangerous criminals is the maze runner. Except for no way out. Okay. Right.
0: Okay. I just think they'd all be great on Devil's Island because it's a wonderful location.
1: It's lovely. It's lovely, especially this time of year. I don't well, know. You know. I think the Bikini Atoll the is a really good dead. place to put our dangerous criminals. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of it isn't submerged well, or isn't dangerous to live on, but, you know.
0: Well, in the UK, a place we can put people we don't want. Uh, we we have lots of really unfriendly small islands off the coast. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: I mean, cause my thing is, is I, I just do not see it as being justice to a family. Say your daughter is murdered. I, I don't think it is just for you to have to look at your paycheck every week and know that your taxes are going to feed and clothe that piece of shit. You know, I, 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 I who, who the fuck decided that was justice? Oh, well, and not only that, um, I think you any really, work he's doing... You need doing,
1: to look at the way our, our criminal justice system works, especially right. now that we have the for-profit prison system. Yeah, I was going to say the, the
0: bit that gets me is states are paying these prisons all this money to have these prisoners. And Bingo. The prisons are using the prisoners Sla- as, as slave, slave labor. labor to yeah. make money. I mean,
1: all those manufacturing jobs we used to have, guess who's doing those now, Bitches. Criminals. They're gone. We don't do those anymore. They do those in prison. Yep. That's what happened to all your freaking jobs. Yes. And all, my all jobs. your
0: tax money is paying for the prison, and the people who own the prison are making money by having prisoners do manufacturing. Fantastic closed system. And,
1: if, and a lot of places, if you don't keep those prisons to full to capacity, then whoever signed the contract with the prison company owes them money for each yep. prisoner that they're missing. So you ever wonder why they said it was okay not to hire cops with high IQs? Throw more people in the system, more people are going to get lost in the system, more really poor people aren't going to be able to pay their bail to get out. And they're going to be stuck there for longer and longer terms, slaving away at making, you know, little cups with cute sayings on them or t-shirts. That we like to wear, Cause well, more it Might be made in America, but it's more worrying things like labor.
0: the um, helmets for your armed forces uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, you really you're trusting that to prison population. Yeah, no, well, you know, like, it's no wonder the the military complain about the quality of their equipment. Um, well,
1: you know, it really the whole thing is just a train wreck. Everything. Everything that we took every, when we took the government and I'm sorry, Alex, just bear with me for a little little while longer. <laughs> I'll finish ranting. Uh, when we took all of our government jobs and we decided we were going to make the government in essence a hollow man, we took away all pretense for them to show any care to us at all. Everything that's handled by an outside contractor is tied to money and not people's health or welfare. And I mean if this is the system we're going to have, if we're not going to entrust ourselves to care for ourselves, then we really need to look at the people we have in charge and their ideas because, you know, your tax dollars are paying for this. Your tax dollars are paying for this to happen to people. It's not right. It's certainly not fair. And there's just a better way all the way around. And I think we know it. Okay. Um anybody want to get Alex before I really go off on a rant?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh.
0: Hi, Alex. Hello.
1: Ah, good evening, Alex. How you doing? Good. Good evening, and welcome to the Casa update for the week of 11-2015. So has anything exciting happened recently
3: alex <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: It's sort of a never ending it's it's a it's a stream of excitement um it's been a it's been a very interesting week so far yeah. uh, and uh I, I had to check the numbers before i came on um We're adding around a thousand people a day now wow yeah um so are the total number of people that we count as members, which essentially means you've taken action on something, uh, is 113,060. So that's... Uh, wow.
1: That's, that's kinda... a big... That's, that's cool. That's really a big jump.
4: Yep. And of that, uh, 61,000 people have sent e- uh, emails to their lawmakers urging them to support co-sponsor HR twenty fifty eight. Um, so that's good. Before last week, I think we were uh, we were below twenty thousand. Wow, just below. So yeah, quite a bump in the past week, which is um, exciting. And uh, exciting. of course, anybody that was listening to Genie's show last week or has been paying attention to the internet's um, this week, apparently a lot of online vendors and I think they're going to get a lot of if you have a blog or any kind of online presence, um, there's the, the effort to do an internet blackout. Sorry, I'm not very articulate right now.
3: Um, okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) so there's going to be a a bit of a vaping internet blackout on the fifth, which is Thursday. Um, so anybody listening who's got any vape related type website web presence um i don't I don't have a good link or and I'm not really in a position to promote a particular vendor or anything, but just google it and you should be able to find something um, well i mean
1: a- there' it's called a couple different things, isn't it I mean people are calling it what vape solidarity day internet vape internet blackout day, you know. And November fifth is a pretty interesting day for that, and it's coming soon.
4: Yeah, there seems to be other other issues are going to be getting a lot of attention on the fifth. So, um, <clears throat>
3: yeah.
4: yeah. So it you know on the sixth, go ahead and, and keep calling and writing emails. Uh, yeah. So that it doesn't get lost in the noise on the fifth.
3: Yeah.
1: So yeah, um, yeah. The, it's really funny. It was like this massive swell and and surge of news, and then not so much.
2: Um, There seems to be a lot of questioning, um, and I've tried to field as many of them as I could, not that I'm very knowledgeable on what's going on with CASA, but um, a lot of people are concerned that um, CASA is not supportive of this action, um, now, we all know it's not an official CASA um, thing because CASA doesn't do that type of thing. Um, but people are wondering if you guys are set up to be able to handle the traffic.
4: Yes, actually. We had uh, Kristen, um, one of our directors, Kristen Noll um, our vice president, actually, um, check in. She's the one that sort of has been handling our website for a long time now. And uh, she checked with our, our host uh, whoever or I don't know man I'm sorry I'm really That's bad okay. at internet lingo but
1: our um, web hosting the, the company people, yeah.
4: yeah, the people that host our site and so we upgraded to be able to handle extra visits and whatever and uh, also the way that this is being set up is that it's, direct, it's directing people to a call to action which is hosted on Blogger which is Google there. so that should be Able to handle the traffic, um, we, we hope, um, and that's. But that's really our only concern. This effort to raise awareness and get the information out there. To be honest, um, this isn't the first time, honestly, that that someone has has kind of mobilized in a, in a in a massive way. It's just that right now, I think all a lot of elements are lining up and and really starting to. To pique people's interests, mm-hmm. um, I, I was watching a, another a, a video from a popular YouTube reviewer. God, I sound like an old person, um, <laughs> but uh, one of these popular YouTube review kids was uh, talking, and uh, he—I I, remember—he was one of the ones that did the um, kind of the future of vaping. There was a handful of reviewers that got together and reviewed Sigalike uh, products and you know, yeah and said you know like this is this is you know let's just pretend we're five years down the line this is what we're going to be talking about and not much more um so it, it, people have done that in the past and um I, I again very appreciative of those guys uh raising awareness about the fda deeming regulations and um and now we're turning our attentions to this bill that um would hopefully protect a lot of products on the market Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean it i guess when you say we're not supporting it, it really that just means that we're not promoting it because this is something that that um retailers have come up with on their own um and i think it's it's probably kind of difficult for us to promote it without promoting a specific retailer which is just something that we're not going to do um so uh I, and honestly I, I I think it's great that they're doing it and they get credit for their work and um, that even though I, it appears it doesn't completely matter to them I think they're they're more interested in protecting their livelihood, which is fair. Um, yep. so yeah we're we're bracing for it and I, I'm working on some stuff. I've got kind of a slow day at work tomorrow, so I'm gonna try to put the finishing touches on kind of updating the call to action that. Um, that they're going to be directing people to. Um, I'm working on a phone call campaign. Uh, and um, of course, the email campaign is still active. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah.
2: yeah.
4: So, yeah, we're all for it. Thumbs up.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I was trying to explain <clears throat> that, you know, because I was aware of it and that they were happy to have the help. Um, but it was not an official CASA thing um, because, you know, it was organized by a bunch of vendors and that's the way it works. Um, But, you know, I mean, just so that people know. And and the other thing that I saw a lot of people questioning was, well, what good is this going to do? And I'm trying to explain to people that, you know, for you and I and Jan and Vary, this means nothing because we're completely aware of this. But the reality of it is that I would say the greater portion of most of these vendors' business is not in what we would consider our little community. And and those people are the ones that need to be aware. You know, mm-hmm. they need to understand what they can do to protect their rights to vape.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of people aren't exposed to it, obviously. I mean, I, I think the hobbyist market, you know, the cloud chasers or volume vapors whatever you call yourselves um you know and the people who've been around a long time we know what's going on other people have no idea the government's doing this i uh, worked at another store today and the assistant grocery manager's vapor and had no clue any of this stuff was going on so you know, i was very happy to have my casa card and And they explained some things to him and got him all riled up and he was going to go tell all his vaping buddies in town. And, you know, I've made trips to talk to the shops in town. Um, Everybody's doing their darndest to inform people, but it's pretty hard. You know, Uh, we are spread out quite a bit, although there are a lot of us. It makes it a challenge really does so
3: yeah
4: yeah after this week I, I would really like for every retailer in the country to know that this is a threat um mm-hmm. and, and i think i think somebody had just kind of back of envelope estimated something like 70 percent of retailers don't know that the fda deeming regs are a thing um so and if you know i, I remember after um, last year after we had issued our, our call to action uh, being at, at an event and um, introducing myself to a vendor there sort of the first question was so uh, what's the, what's the deal with the deeming regs or do we beat it you know and uh, no it doesn't quite work like that and uh, um, you know we've got a lot more work to do so you know tell your Tell your customers about us, and we can help everybody get involved. Um, and then, of course, it, it just this just totally sidetracked and reminded me of something. Um, and this is something that you brought up, actually, Jan, before we came on. <laughs> um, so now is, of course, the time where we have uh, attorneys general um, and uh, even the, 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 tip, the usual suspects of the alphabet groups. Uh, kind of coming out of the woodwork and beating the drum of hurry up and, and regulate this stuff.
1: Yep.
4: And it, it's kind of funny. I, I guess they understand the, the shock value of, of what they're saying. They have to. They've, they've written the playbook on um, how to scare the bejesus out of people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 you know, just like my response to that one particular Uh, retailer, it's it's sort of the same thing to these folks. Like, there really is no hurrying up here, guys. This is, you know, there's a process to this. It's it's Mm -hmm. the federal government. It takes a lot more time. And to be honest, I mean, I just, I can't believe, even with some of the, like, mild reversals of opinion, Mm
0: -hmm. that
4: some of these people, you know, I, I think even... I don't know if it was if it was Matt Myers. I was reading the thing that Clive Bates had published uh, mm-hmm. on less a couple of days ago. Um, it, it, I think even Matt Myers has said, you know, uh, you know, vapor products are likely less harmful than smoking, and you know, other heads of these organizations have come out and made similar statements. Right. But I, I don't know how they square that with wanting to force the deeming regs through the process. I, I mean, uh, well, we're, 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 we're pretty solid in our assessment of these regulations. It's going to destroy the industry. It's going to destroy our access to these products. So I, I just, you know, I, I, I just don't, I, I've been paying attention to this as closely as I can for, you know, two or more years now, and I'm still baffled at, at the absurdity of their position.
1: Well, you know, they they get money from the Master Settlement Agreement. They get money from um, the government grants, CDC, F, well, yeah, FDA. Um, they get money through the, and we've talked about the, the chain grants that all these big pharma companies are doing. Yeah. Um, uh, all of these things contribute to their bottom line. And it's not the people at the bottom who honestly, and I'm not saying the people at the bottom, but the, the active people who take it to the streets and take it to these meetings who aren't paid, the people who honestly believe it, um, this doesn't really affect their livelihood because this is something they do because they believe in it. But the people further up the chain who make a lot of money, their jobs are threatened by this, by this loss of funding. I mean, we can see it happening pretty much everywhere. So I think that somebody has to go work at Walmart versus somebody can be the head of, you know, some alphabet soup group and make a lot of money, not have to work in retail. I don't know. (laughs) I think that has something to do with it. Can I say for sure? No. But I'm pretty sure that influences people to a much greater degree than you would think.
3: Yeah. Well, um,
4: they, they they must have made a lot of enemies because, you know, with the revolving door of, of lobbyists turned policymakers, turned advisors, turned lobbyists again, and, and heads of organizations going on in D.C., I you know, I kind of imagine with these people's mastery of the language and the ability to generate such compelling propaganda and change an entire generation's view of, of tobacco, all tobacco products. I, I, I should think that they would feel somewhat confident they could land on their feet. I mean, you know, <clears throat> you can sell houses that there's good money in that. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. And, and
4: uppers I, for a living, it be fine.
1: Flip houses. Yeah. I'd love to see Matt Myers on like, you know, uh, what is it? The, the home, Network, the, you know, the, the Home and Garden TV. I'd love to see him on House Flippers Flipping Houses. That would make my day.
4: He'd probably be good at it.
1: But he that would be me. very good at it.
4: Everybody in tobacco control, just, you know, calm down. It's okay. There's a used car dealership <laughs> down the street where you are going to <laughs> land on your feet. You're going to be fine.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh I love it.
1: That's great. I, I can just, I can just see... Uh, I can just see certain people in tobacco control making, you know, commercials. Big Stan the Michelin man.
4: <laughs> yeah. So before we digress completely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Um, I should mention a couple of local alerts. Um, these are things that are probably not going to get um, addressed by us because they're for they're coming out tomorrow. Uh, Hutchinson, Hutchinson City, uh, Kansas. Um, you have a public hearing at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Jeez,
1: plenty plenty of time to prepare.
4: Um, it's listed as a public hearing, but it looks like from the way the ordinance is written that they may adopt this. Um, so if you're in Hutchinson, Kansas. Um. I guess, clear your schedule and try to get to that meeting at 9 a.m. What an awful time to have a city council hearing. It's Um, a
1: perfect time for people who work might oppose it.
4: Yeah. Um, Multnomah County in Oregon is talking about uh, retail tobacco licenses for every tobacco retailer. Of course, people that sell inhalant delivery systems would be included in that. Such an awful name. Um, I hope we can sue the state of Oregon to change that. Um, Littleton, Colorado has a hearing at 6.30pm tomorrow. It's the third. Um, Looks like this is going to be something that would prohibit vaping in the, the downtown area. Um, sorry, I'm not getting, giving a lot of details on this. Um, where do we go? Manhattan Beach. This is California. Um, I, I feel like there are some capable people in California that should be taking care of these alerts. Um, uh, this is another uh, permit for retailers. <sighs> they use electronic smoking devices.
3: <laughs> of course they do.
4: Uh, that's for tomorrow, Tuesday, 11, 3 3- November 3rd at 6 p.m. Um, sorry, that's, this is all very just uh, San Mateo, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like this would be lumping. Oh, this is for tonight. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, 7 o'clock tonight, Pacific so, Time. So you should... Uh, So that's three hours from now less than three hours from now on the -hmm. the West coast. Um, uh, so anyway, this is the, the, the person that I get these alerts from, you know, has a weekend. So they, they, by all means work hard and, uh, get, I tend to get these at the end of the day on Monday. Um, this is, which is probably when this person gets them. Um, Mm -hmm. So it we, you know with the city council stuff, we're still in that you know we don't tend to get these alerts until twenty four hours or less beforehand. Yeah. um I think the Oregon one is actually on the fifth yeah. um so anyway, <sighs> that's the local stuff um sorry that we don't have anything worked up, but uh you know, have other things that need attention as well um. Mm-hmm. And then what was there was one more thing. I guess I'm probably just going to go back to the deeming regulations because uh, somebody brought up a point. Okay. One of the people promoting this action on the fifth had made a very brief error in their statement to people, and it said, "We're cool with the regulations. It's just not the grandfather date." <laughs> so oh. let's let's just pick that apart a little bit okay. if if we were as a people <laughs> um, uh, cool with the regulations uh, we wouldn't be having this discussion about the grandfather date it would be a non-issue we'd just be letting all of this stuff roll because nothing would be nothing substantial would be happening so um, at the very core, the regulations are deeply flawed and they need to be completely redone. Right. The issue with the grandfather date allows us to fight another day. Uh, and I'm sorry for that. Everybody that probably listens to this already understands that, I hope. But we have a lot of new people, so mm-hmm. it can't hurt to restate that. Right. Um, so. When people oversimplify these regulations to things like, yeah, it'll just be childproof caps and the age restriction nationwide and uh, maybe, you know, a simple warning label. Yeah, those three things are part of topics of, the, the, well, the, everything except for the warning label. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're being talked about and, and the regulations are going to come. But... That's not the only thing, and, and it's it is actually a bit complicated. It, it's you know, for people who have been following this, it can be complicated to to really grasp what a ban by paper a ban by paperwork actually means. Um, and it, it's 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 very simple. If you are an e-cigarette manufacturer, your barrier for entry into the market is now set at millions of dollars, rather than you know, being able to even, I mean, I don't know how much it costs to set up, uh, you know, a a certifiable clean lab, Um, but even that, the cost of doing that pales in comparison of Mm -hmm. what you would experience under FDA regulations. So, yeah, there's there's really nothing, there's there's very little redeeming uh, about, the FDA regulations and um, yeah, nobody's cool with it.
1: <laughs> no, and I would agree with you a hundred percent on that. It, um, we, we were, when we talked about it on genie show, we even said the, they are acting out of self-interest because if everybody had to had the ability to put in a, a new tobacco product application or a another one of the applications that they've talked about for us it would melt the center for tobacco products so a lot of this really is them acting out of self-preservation they wouldn't have enough people to do the work as it's currently written um it really does take an act of congress to change this
4: yeah
1: that's what it takes
4: and that's what we're gunning for so yeah um, hopefully there will be <clears throat> thousands of phone calls to everybody's uh, mm-hmm. representative Thursday Friday on into next week um, mm-hmm. keep them company all the way through Christmas <laughs> uh, oh, yes. and uh, I, I do know uh, I don't know how much we're announcing this but um, well we she might as well put it out there it's, it's a couple months Wait, it's November so uh, middle of December uh, I believe uh, CASA has a meeting with OMB OIRA um, I don't know the details of what we're presenting I'm sure that's that's being handled by the, the larger brains in, in our <laughs> organization uh, and, and kudos to them for, for being able to do that and taking on that responsibility um, so uh there will be more news out of that. I'm sure we will post up whatever we present, uh, as we get closer to that date. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are several people, I I believe there was somebody from Texas has a a meeting, um, this week or next week. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, this is the period where people are able to talk to OMB and OIRA and, and discuss the, the, disastrous impact that these regulations will have and
3: <clears throat> yeah
4: hopefully they're a little bit more adult about it than say the attorneys general and campaign oh. for tobacco for kids <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. well
1: um yeah um and i guess that's it for this evening alex yep okay thank you um if you haven't already joined CASA please join us at casa.org. Um please submit a testimonial for the CASA testimonials project at testimonials well I, we have a link on the front page don't we or is it testimonials at org?
4: we do and there's a bit.ly link it's bit.ly forward slash THR testimonials
3: okay
1: um, we are casss media on youtube on Twitter on yeah YouTube and Twitter and Instagram so visit us there visit us on Facebook at our official Facebook page for you know cassad dot org or at the more chatty and slightly more social uh, we are cass page um, and come on down we'd love to talk to you. Help uh help us help you to save vaping. Have a good night. Thank you, Alex. Thanks.
4: Have a good one. Good
1: night. Good night. So interesting things in the wind. <sighs> Speaking of things in the wind. <laughs> um let's see. We want to talk about the terrorist watch list there's so many interesting things we could just talk about now <laughs> uh i'm not even kidding i know it's hard to swing from that to like the next thing or i guess you know what we, we'll go with um we'll go with what the eff sent out on halloween I think everybody knows I'm a big fan of the Electronic Frontier Foundation and a big supporter of theirs. Um, Okay. Uh, This is called Six Spooky Ways in Which Local Law Enforcement is Watching You. A Day in the Life of the Surveillance State. Okay. It's Halloween-themed, I guess. So, um, often the discussion on government surveillance in the U.S. is all about the NSA or the FBI, but the feds aren't the only ones spying on you. Local law enforcement has been getting in on the action, and it's not good. If you're planning on dressing up and enjoying yourself this weekend, some people might have, uh, you might think this is just that a layer of paint and a wig is good enough to make you unrecognizable. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. Government spending on surveillance technologies for domestic law enforcement, like IMSI catchers, otherwise known as stingrays, biometrics and cameras of all kinds has increased exponentially in recent years despite the fact that in the last 20 years crime rates in the united states have steadily and significantly declined invasive street level surveillance technologies are popping up in towns across the u.s and around the globe a halloween costume is no match for these technologies when it comes to protecting your privacy there are a few of the disturbing surveillance technologies that local law enforcement is increasingly adding to its arsenal and how you might encounter them on a typical day. As we walk through these technologies, try to imagine what you'd have to go through what you'd have to do to go through a single day without surveillance. Social media monitoring. Did you RSVP to any Halloween parties on Facebook? Maybe tweet about your plans, post an Instagram of your costume. These days, when you're reading tweets or looking at your friends' photos, you might be joined by the cops. That's right. It's not just the NSA or the FBI looking at your Facebook. Local law enforcement does extensive monitoring of social media, too, and so do private companies working for the government, all without even reasonable suspicion of wrongdoing. Officials engage in phishing expeditions on social media gathering data about your location and who's there with you, just as they've done to Black Lives Matter activists and protesters. And don't assume that marking a post as private will keep it from law enforcement. Officers have created fake accounts and even pressured friends of people they're keeping tabs on to share their login credentials. In a highly publicized New York case, the DEA had to pay a woman $134,000 for creating a Facebook account using her identity. There is more good news on the social media front. With a few common sense steps, you can make yourself a lot harder to spy on. Which, you know, always a good thing, right? Nobody likes to be spied on. Uh, yet they can't stop a mass murderer who's actively selling, telling his plans on SOMI. I don't even know what SOMI is. I am just not cool enough. Automated license plate readers. Once you get in your car, get ready to be tracked. No matter how well your face is disguised, law enforcement agencies all over the country use ALPRs, automatic license plate readers, to track drivers, locations and activities. ALPRs are cameras mounted on police cars or placed in stationary locations like light poles or if you're in Arizona, cactuses that detect when a car passes, captures a picture of that car and records its license plate number. Accumulated location data creates a history of drivers' movements that can provide private and intimate details on people's lives, like where they work, where they live, where they worship, where they go throughout their day, and who they associate with. Law enforcement agencies like the NYPD have used ALPRs in exactly this way, trying to map out the entire Arab and Muslim communities of New York and Newark. The Los Angeles Police Department and the LA County Sheriff's Office scan 3 million license plates every week. Privacy implications of ALPRs alone are shocking, but the way they've been implicated poses even further security risks. EFF recently discovered that many law enforcement agencies hadn't taken basic steps to secure the feeds. Some can be accessed publicly over the web without any passwords or any other basic security measures, placing the location information of thousands of people at risk. EFF has been trying to find out more information about how and where law enforcement agencies use ALPRs, but our attempts are often stymied by the courts. Along with the ACLU, we recently asked the California Supreme Court to overturn a lower court ruling that ALPR data could be withheld from the public. Automatic toll readers. This is not something that I've had much information about before. Speaking of driving, do you go through any tolls on your commute? Many cities have switched to electronic tolls, either an RFID chip in your car via an account tied to your license plate number. Uh, In 2013, we noted that the San Francisco Bay Area had switched to all electric tolls, making it functionally impossible to cross the Golden Gate Bridge without authorities knowing about it. And the Bay Area isn't alone. Other major urban areas like New York and even some states like Washington have moved to all or nearly all electronic tolling. You could take public transportation to avoid the privacy threats when driving, but don't buy your ticket with a credit card. Transit agencies in the U.S., Canada, and South Africa hand over private information about travelers gathered by electronic ticketing systems to law enforcement agencies on a voluntary basis. Security cameras. You may escape tracking by not driving and by purchasing a transit ticket in cash, but you'll be captured by ubiquitous surveillance cameras. In many U.S. cities, there are now surveillance cameras on every block. In San Francisco, you could appear on security cameras dozens of times in one day. In New York, the NYPD can tap into roughly 6,000 street cameras, two-thirds of which are privately owned. There are another 7,000 in public housing and more than 4,000 in the city's subway stations. The cameras are a mix of private and government-owned, but in some cities, law enforcement asks owners for access or even to register their cameras. that law enforcement knows who to ask for footage from any particular camera. Biometrics. One of our favorites. You've probably noticed that Facebook recognizes yourselves and your friends in photos. A mask might not be enough, though. Facial recognition technology has gotten so good that Facebook can even recognize the back of your head. But that's just the tip of the iceberg in biometrics, a growing field in identifying people based on every aspect of their appearance and behavior. Even if you succeed in hiding your face from all those surveillance cameras, you can give yourself away with your voice, the way you walk, the shape and size of your hands, and even the way you type. And if you have any visible scars or tattoos, it's privacy game over uh IMSI catchers or stingrays Fury
3: Stand by for action We're about to launch Stingray
0: can happen in the next half hour.
1: IMSI catchers, are favorites. Planning on using your cell phone today? Well, even if you're not, you're in for a treat. The police don't need an NSA-style agreement with the phone company to know where you are. They can just use an IMSI catcher. International mobile subscriber identity catchers, commonly known as Stingrays, after a popular brand of catcher, trick cell phones into revealing their locations by masquerading as cell phone towers. When your phone connects to a stingray, officers know you're near it. While law enforcement says it uses IMSI catchers to locate suspects, they can swoop up the signals of people in a wide radius, for example, at a demonstration. There's good news. As of September, federal law enforcement agencies can no longer use IMSI catchers without a warrant. And California recently passed bills SB seven four one and Cal EPCA that limit the acquisition and use of IMSI catchers. Unfortunately, most states treat them as fair game for local law enforcement. Speak out. As scary as all these tactics are, there's a bright side. Unlike the lawmakers that have failed to oversee the NSA, local lawmakers are often more responsive to pressure. When people speak out, local governments listen. Just a few weeks ago, California passed one of the best digital privacy laws in the United States, largely thanks to pressure from voters. And at the city and council level, we've seen communities successfully fight agreed aggregated surveillance cameras, IMSI catchers, drones, and more. EFF has a new online hub called Street Level Surveillance to help activists do just that. SLS unites our past and future work on domestic surveillance technologies into one portal. It has information on how to on how surveillance technologies work and how you can fight back. If you're spooked by pervasive surveillance of your every move, we hope you will. So, yeah. Uh, they've actually had quite a lot of success. You know, yeah. More than I thought they would. So, that's a good thing. I've always liked the EFF. In fact, I love them.
0: The, the surveillance stuff, especially on social media, has brought up some quite amusing stories, though. Uh, okay. Well... <laughs> There's a guy in the UK, he assaulted somebody, and then went home and put on Facebook, "Uh I did this. And, you know, an hour later, he was in jail. Um, (laughs) Because people contacted the police and went, there's this guy on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, catches really stupid criminals really quickly.
1: Well, it does, and and that's because people suffer from the, I guess I don't need privacy anymore, look what this guy's put up.
0: Yeah, because there's people being prosecuted in the UK for, you know, boy racers. Yeah, they film themselves speeding. And there was one case where there's a policeman recognised the road uh, and they recognised the part of the road the person was speeding on, even though the, the the guy's speedometer was blanked out. But the policeman knew the distance between two of the signs, so it could work out how fast the guy had gone f- from the amount of time it passed elapsed on the video. So the guy got prosecuted for speeding, because he put the video online. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I mean, that's good old-fashioned investigative police work. If you're Hmm. stupid enough to put your stuff out there, you you can be caught by it. Yeah, But that's not really the point with this stuff. I mean, I was reading something last week, and I should have put it in here. I really should have. Because it was the ACLU was suing one of the people that make IMSI catchers, and I don't think it's the Stingray people, Um And they were suing them because somehow it leaked out, you know, when they get those massive bundles of of documents from the government. uh, Somehow, one portion of one of the things was not redacted and it should have been. And it talked about how some of the IMSI catchers were being upgraded so that they could catch if you texted somebody, if you called somebody and they could record and store that information. And, of yeah. course, the rest of it was redacted, so nobody really knows what they do with it or how they store it or if it's in a secured place or for how long they can keep it. So the ACLU was taking this maker to court for that, I believe, yeah. which is pretty interesting stuff. But um, just so you know, it, it. I think everybody seems to think that um, the only people being surveilled are you know second amendment people or people who don't like surveillance they think maybe other people who are lean more to the left aren't being surveilled
2: and uh i hate to tell you um it's everybody oh yeah cuz i don't think that they're not looking at me at all i mean i fuck i buy pressure cookers two at a time <laughs> um I've you know. pointed out to several several uh TSA checkpoints that their scanners are fucked. Um <laughs> I go on the internet and tell people that TSA is a waste of time and money and it only provides you with the illusion of security in reality all it does is waste my fucking time and money. Um so yeah, I think I think that People are pretty naive if they think, well, I'm a nobody. Why would they be looking at me? Um, Because the stupidest little keyword things will send a flag up. And somebody is looking. And and when they come and look at your shit for that one little flag that you threw up, they're not just looking at that one little flag. That one little flag makes them look at all your shit. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, You're really on the line, Jeannie, because you buy chemicals. And talk about hydroponics as well. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and and I I don't make a secret of the fact that I grow as much food as I can for my family, to be able to provide for my family. Um, I don't make a secret out of the fact that we have bees. It's not a secret that we have chickens. It's now not a secret that we have rabbits. You know, none of this stuff is anything that I feel like I should have to keep secret. Um, but if you look at the way that they're trying to regulate the food industry and everything, I probably should shut the hell up. I mean, I guess the point I was,
1: I was going to make. I was going to talk about Baltimore. If you if you scroll down in the show notes, you'll see why I want to talk about Baltimore a little bit. Um, you have the right to protest what your government does. You have the right to protest actions that you don't agree with that your local police might have taken against someone. You have the right to all of these things because you are an American citizen. Unfortunately, you know, when the dragnet is big enough to catch everyone, it's going to catch everyone. FBI documents reveal new information on Baltimore surveillance flights. Today, the ACLU is releasing the FBI and FAA documents with new details about the Baltimore surveillance flights. The new internal documents obtained through Freedom of Information Act requests reveal that the government was doing more than just monitoring the situation with regular cameras. This was after the protests in Baltimore, during the protests in Baltimore. The FBI was using advanced technology like infrared and night vision cameras, and it is holding the surveillance video it recorded from the sky. As we explained when we first brought the Baltimore flights to light, FBI aircraft circling over West Baltimore during a period of intense protest and upheaval raises a number of significant questions, like what kind of surveillance equipment they were using, what data they were gathering and saving, with whom that information is being shared, and whether the aerial surveillance has the effect of chilling First Amendment-protected speech and assembly. It also raises concerns about whether the intelligence gathered could lead to racial profiling of protesters who were predominantly people of color. These questions are all the more pressing now that we've learned that the FBI flies a fleet of secret surveillance planes over cities across the country. These records provide partial answers to some of those questions. The documents show multiple flights during which the FBI conducted video surveillance and unspecified other electronic surveillance. According to its flight logs, the FBI flew 10 surveillance flights over Baltimore from April 29th through May 3rd, comprising a total of 36.2 flight hours. Most of the flights took place at night, and half of them carried a Baltimore Police Department representative in addition to FBI personnel. FBI evidence logs reveal that at least half of the flights conducted video surveillance and that the FBI retained copies of these videos in its files. Other flights conducted some type of electronic surveillance, but specific descriptions are redacted. This suggests that those flights were perhaps using more sensitive or powerful recording gear than just video cameras, though what kind we don't know. What we do know is that One of the aircraft, a Cessna propeller plane registered to an FBI front company, NG Research, had specialized surveillance camera equipment on board. FAA documentation shows the FBI installed a Pavilion Technology infrared camera mount and a FLR Talon multi-sensor camera system on the exterior of the plane. The FLIR system includes a thermal imager, an optical camera, and laser illuminator for recording at night. We did not receive documentation about the second plane observed circling over Baltimore, so we don't know if it was carrying different gear. In its domestic investigations and operations guide, the FBI takes the position that no Fourth Amendment protections apply to aerial surveillance conducted from navigable airspace. While that is an accurate statement of Supreme Court precedent, when it comes to visual observation and use of normal cameras from a plane, it fails to grapple with the effect in advances in surveillance technology. Use of infrared and night vision camera technologies changes the equation by raising the potential for invasions of privacy. The capabilities of the surveillance gear matter. If an infrared camera is capable of observing information about the inside of private homes and offices, for example, the Supreme Court has already explained that the Fourth Amendment warrant requirement applies. In an internal memo, the FBI justified the Baltimore surveillance flights in light of reports that large-scale demonstrations and protests were being scheduled and the potential for large-scale violence and riots. Oddly, some of the FBI documents describe the surveillance flights as consensual monitoring, though they fail to describe who consented, certainly not the protesters on the ground. There are undoubtedly times when aerial surveillance is an appropriate law enforcement tool for public safety or investigative purposes, but it is essential that the accurate information about such surveillance be available to the public and that strict rules be in place to protect against unjustified mass surveillance or warrantless collection of private information. As the government technological capabilities improve, we must ensure that old legal rules from the pre-digital era are not blindly applied to newer and more powerful forms of digital surveillance. And these documents are, they're pretty, they're not fun reading. I'll put it that way. Um, So no matter who you are, someone's looking at you. And it doesn't matter, really, what you're doing.
0: Yeah, according to data, I can see there's 19 people listening right now. <laughs> yeah. it's weird.
1: You know, I'm not, you know, so much weirded out about that. But, you know, if they're looking at people protesting... Someone being killed, okay? I understand why they'd be looking, but doing it at night and doing it all stealthy, it's just, it feels dirty, you know? It feels.
0: I I remember a couple of weeks ago, I showed you a photo of British police using surveillance on the austerity march. Yes. Yeah, their, their idea of surveillance was a sniper on a rooftop.
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, you don't... The problem is, if they don't discuss it with you, you don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, if a, um, if a news helicopter hadn't spotted them on the rooftop...
3: You'd never have known rifle, about
0: it. You wouldn't have been told about it.
3: Yeah. It's...
1: I mean, and this is just kind of how it is, and it's not just here. I mean, it's everywhere. So, you know... I keep saying the only way to rein surveillance in is to make it prohibitively expensive. And yet I don't know if that's possible. So if it's not enough to make it prohibitively expensive, maybe the idea is to take and turn it around at the people watching you, right? Maybe we need to make it so cheap that everyone's watching everyone all the time. So that if they and i say they if the cops or if someone in a position of power were to harass you you would have proof i don't i don't know what the answer is anymore i really did think i knew but i do know the more we complain about it the more we make it an issue the more we talk to our lawmakers um the more awareness we raise about it the better because you can't remain in the dark and be happy but you can still be a victim of this just like anybody else so yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know Um, what was the other fun one I said we could talk about Uh, did I did I tell you about the court says it's legal for the NSA to spy on you because Congress says it's okay
0: Uh, no, you didn't.
1: okay. Okay. The court says it's legal for the NSA to spy on you because Congress says it's okay. An abrupt end to the program would be contrary to the public interest. In May, a federal appeals court declared the National Security Agency's bulk telephone metadata collection program illegal because it wasn't authorized under the Patriot Act, as the Obama administration and its predecessor administration had maintained... Then in June, Congress semi-dismantled the program with the passage of the USA Freedom Act, which was anything but, which President Obama signed on June 2nd. As part of the new act, Congress authorized a spying transition period of sorts where the old tactics could continue until new laws were in place. But on Thursday, the same federal appeals court that originally declared it illegal now said the original NSA program could continue beating back a challenge from the ACLU that questioned both the transition period and the constitutionality of the NSA surveillance overall. In case you've forgotten, here's what's at stake. Under the program that former NSA contractor Edward Snowden disclosed, the nation's telecoms forward data to the National Security Agency, including the phone numbers of both parties and all calls, calling card numbers, the length and time of the calls, the international mobile subscriber identity, the number of for mobile carriers the NSA keeps a running database of that information the NSA says it queries the data solely to combat terrorism and that one party of a call must be believed to have been overseas so how could something so seemingly unconstitutional continue Congress said it could that's how With the passage of the USA Freedom Act, Congress extended the program that Snowden exposed for another six months to allow for an orderly transition to the new snooping program. And now the courts essentially maintain that the original surveillance is legal because Congress says it's legal. An abrupt end to the program would be contrary to the public interest in effective surveillance of terrorism threats. (coughs) And Congress has provided a 180-day transition period. Second US Circuit Court of Appeals, Judge Gerald Lynch wrote in a unanimous three judge panel. Under the circumstances, we will defer to the reasonable decision. This matters because whether the NSA lawmakers or the administration will construe some other law to allow the original secret bulk collection program to continue is anybody's guess. Meanwhile, although the original spy program as disclosed by Snowden has been dramatically altered by Congress, there will continue to be a lot of authorized warrantless phone spying done by the NSA on Americans after the six-month extension expires. Under the new legislation, the bulk telephone metadata will stay with telecoms and will be removed from the NSA's hands. It can still be accessed with the secret FISA court's blessing as long as the government asserts that it has a reasonable suspicion that the phone data of a target is relevant to a terror investigation and that at least one party in the call is overseas. The Constitution's Fourth Amendment standard of probable calls still does not apply. So, Yeah. They snoop there. They snoop here. It's interesting.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and there was some. You were through this story, and something struck my mind about the previous story between Mm -hmm. the previous story and the blimps. What the hell do they think is going on in Maryland? (laughs) Well, I mean, you realize you know what Maryland is. Is, like, Maryland the hotbed of terrorism? I mean... No,
3: but No, it's
0: a hotbed of military contracts.
2: Yep. That's where they pretty much all are.
0: Yep.
1: Maryland. Everything's nondescript and normal-looking. Yeah. That's not what that stuff is.
0: Yeah, everybody thinks all the the dangerous, weird shit's out in the desert. But no, Mm -hmm. no. Maryland.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, please, don't forget all the... um, Primate research facilities they have in Maryland, too. You know, there's a ton of defense. Yeah. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff related to defense and security contracting that happens in Maryland. So, you know, they're spying on their own people, even. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, wasn't
0: wasn't it one of the Maryland bases where the ACLU found loads of stingrays? Mm-hmm. And and only two of them were actually government ones, yeah. which begged the question: Who had the other Ooh. eight or whatever it was?
1: Yeah, it was eight, like eight or nine of them, and they're yeah. like, "We don't." Those were ours, but we don't know who the other ones were. That was pretty funny. Yeah, and it was um um uh, one of the 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 surveillance phone. Yeah. Do you remember when they they took that ride out in the desert, and the government's like, "Yeah, that's ours, and that's ours." We don't know who those other ones belong to. Well, they're all pointing at each other. It's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I said, that's what's going on in Maryland. Maryland's uh, military contracting, security contracting, and a lot of medical research. So, very interesting. And I think the body farm's there, too, if I'm not mistaken. Or is that in Virginia?
3: No idea. Hmm? (laughs) No idea? Yeah. No idea. Oh.
1: Still an interesting place. Not one that we particularly want to talk about, but it's still really interesting. Tennessee. Okay, thanks. And I don't know... Do we really want to keep talking about this stuff tonight?
3: That's no, but can show, we about
2: the Water Department in California? Go ahead. Because Skype Skype messed us all up that week. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was... so the yeah skype boycotted the show um so yeah so california is running out of water everybody needs to conserve their water so what happens all of the wonderful residents in the state of california are doing their best to conserve water what is the result of that well the result of that is the water department is losing money and now needs to charge you more for using less no, I mean, it's kind of. How the hell does that.? Work?
1: I don't know, but I mean, remember when everybody was getting uh, subsidies for solar? And everybody started putting it up. Yeah, now
2: they're taxing it. Yeah, now, now they're, they're taxing, taxing it. it. Yeah. So,
1: you know. Uh, well,
0: the biggest thing about bit... California is you can get plenty of water. You just have to buy it from Nestle. You've <laughs> drawn it from the ground for nothing.
3: No. <laughs>
2: because I mean, they're still
1: allowed to bottle it. Yep. It's kind of ridiculous, you know? And what did they pay $180 for just hundreds of thousands of gallons of water?
3: Yeah,
0: it's so some, it's like pure some yearly for them. small contract price. Yeah. for basically cool. unlimited withdrawal of water from the water table. Put it in little Which, bottles. So they're people. shipping
2: outside the state of California. No yep. less. Yeah.
1: Which I mean, I'm I'm kind of surprised they're not done yet. You know? Um, because uh, one thing California is not short on is activists, and I'm very surprised they haven't driven Nestle completely out of the state for that shit. Really?
0: Yeah, Nestle is one of the world's largest corporations. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't do normal protester stuff on them. Uh, Yeah, they're just too big.
1: Yeah. Well, what can I say?
0: They own something like two-thirds of the world's food stocks. So, yeah. Uh, dangerous company.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I think people in general are a lot more aware of stuff than they used to be. That's a really good thing. That's. It's Everybody's got to take their first step, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, then that's how we're ending it tonight first steps, and, you know, now we can throw up the com ad because, you know, get a good price on ammo, so you can shoot down
3: your drones. Yeah.
1: Why spend hours searching for in-stock ammunition when you can use AmmoSeek.com? AmmoSeek.com is a search engine for finding ammunition, reloading components, magazines, and guns for more than 300 calibers at more than 60 online retailers. AmmoSeek.com only shows items that are in-stock and readily available for shipping. You can search by caliber, grains, manufacture, and more. The results are displayed by cost per round, so you are able to get the very best pricing on your ammunition of choice. Find ammunition at the best prices fast. AmmoSeek.com Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Night.